So is there like a time and a place for it, or how does that work for you? Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of changed a little over the years. I've always been a hat guy. Um, you know, going back to when I was a kid, I, I loved all the pictures of my grandfather walking around in his fedora. You know, back in the in the late '40s and through the '50s, um, and you know, Sinatra and Humphrey Bogart are probably two of the coolest people. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. I hope you're having a great December. We got a great episode for you this week. For our conversation, we welcome him, country artist, songwriter. He's got a brand new album coming out in February, Jared Dickinson. He's in a cool spot to tell us all about that record and his journey uh, so far. And for our tasting notes, we welcome in Kevin Patterson to talk about those non-seasonal seasonals, seasonals that we just love to have no matter the time of year. A lot of great conversations as always. And don't forget to check out our neat and mixed reviews. They're on our YouTube fa- page, Facebook page. For those full reviews, and if you want the shorter ones, check us out on Instagram and TikTok. Let's not waste any more time and get into the show. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. We're back again with us. He calls himself Lexington's professional drunk. It's Kevin Patterson. He's a national beer judge, Cicerone. He's also the manager of the Beer Trap and Craft Beer Store and Bar in Lexington. And Kevin, thank you for sharing some knowledge with us again. Well, thank you. And it is the most professional drunk. Most. Ah, I knew I was going to forget something. <laughs> and apparently the second favorite bartender in Lexington. I was part of a competition back in the spring and uh, I was uh, declared the second most popular uh, bartender in Lexington. So you can include first loser uh, to that list of accolades. I don't want to do that. That would hurt. That would that would just not be nice of me for someone that is so kind to talk craft beer with us. And we're talking craft beer. We've talked about all these winter styles, you know, barrel aged beers stouts porters and the the funkiness of 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 those that come around the winter time but i don't know about you but i tend to still enjoy a sour or a light beer in the winter and i feel like the non-seasonal uh or out of season beer drinkers are more common now than they ever were yeah they were and there's a little bit of worry for those that really do like the summer beers the hazy ipa sitting by the pool and the sour else has gotten really popular um, well, the good news is uh, it's taken about 100 and something years, but people have finally figured out that HVACs work, <laughs> that whenever you walk into a room, a public room like a bar or even your own home, yeah, that first beer, you know, might be a little bit heavier, might be a little bit more seasonal uh, because you just came in out of the cold. If it's snowing outside, you probably don't want a light locker. Um, so certainly come in, warm up with something a little stronger, a little headier and uh, kind of enjoy yourself. But eventually that 68 to 72 degree room is going to seep in osmosis works folks i promise so once your body acclimates then you're free to drink whatever you want and uh so the flavors of those sours or ipas or you know whatever whatever kind of blonde ale that's out there you can still drink those and i think brewers have never forgotten that they've never forgotten that you're allowed to drink anything you want anytime you want um and one of the fun things about that notion is Whereas the source said, well, if it is winter or if it is deep fall, you know, people do want a stronger beer, but they still want sour 
well, let's just give them a stronger sour. So you get brewers like uh, Untitled Arts and um, uh, Urban Artifact, and they will start churning out some of these sours. They're not those light four or five percent sours like Berliner Weisser goes. Now they're stronger, they're fortified, and they're a lot heavier, and they will go 10% or higher. So you can actually have those strong sours that, you know, that you're familiar with the flavor-wise, but you can power pack to really warm up that tummy the way you expect to during the uh, during the winter time. And I think these are the same way, you know, just because you like hazy IPAs, you don't have to bury them and then pull them back out in the spring. They're going to be available year round. There will be some standard strength, but look for more strong ones to be on the market as well. The Imperial Hazy IPAs, the Triple Hazy IPAs. So those are going to be out there alive and well, and they do the same thing. They give you this really uh, strong IPA flavor. You may lose a little bit of the drinkability, the dryness, crispness, or refreshment, but you're, what you're going to be rewarded with is more flavor, more texture, a little bit more body, and that flavor that's so common to you. One of the things that I think that gets overlooked in the beer industry is when flavors get really, really bold, um, like most craft beers do anymore. And you don't have to be 10, 12, 13% alcohol to do this. The palate fatigue comes on so quickly that sometimes it doesn't matter what we want next. It just can't be the same thing. And so people struggle with this a little bit because they feel like, well, I like this kind of beer. I almost have to drink it. No, you don't. Uh, there's a reason why some stores uh, they will sell individual bottles, not necessarily that we're trying to tickle your fancy by letting you just mix and match and have fun. But we recognize the fact that it's, these are not light lagers or American lagers. You can't just drink four or five of them in a row and feel like, you know, you can tolerate another. So when you get finished with one flavor, it's very likely you're going to want another flavor. And sometimes it doesn't matter what it is. It just doesn't want to be like the last one. So that's another reason why brewers were said, well, people do want strong beers. It's wintertime, springtime. But let's also give people a variety. And so that's the reason why they've held on to these uh, IPAs, sour ales, even like cream ales. I've seen them 10% alcohol with bourbon barrels and vanilla and cinnamon. So there's not really any lifestyle that's really off limits, except unless you're talking about a, like an American light lager or something. Sort of <laughs> well, you could barrel age that maybe. You know, you, you just never know. You could, you, could, you, could, you could do a little bit of fun. But I also like to, I feel like the brewers are, you, you mentioned there's, all those sours and there's, you know, maybe even a Kolsch or something, but what they've done is they've maybe gone toward the season and picked out, like, I, I think here in Lexington, uh, blue stallion, they got a Mayberry pie sour, which is almost like, it tastes like the pie. You get the cinnamon, the graham cracker, but you also get that berry in there and you can kind of play with those flavors to, like we said on the last episode, you're, you're getting those flavors of like, Oh my gosh, that's grandma's, you know, pie that she would make every time around the holidays. And now I, I feel like you see those in those, lighter styles um, that are just quite quite tasty yeah those accessory grains the adjuncts those flavor additives the extracts they're not just limited to pastry stouts you know if you have a beer that's in the in the summertime and you do the vanilla uh, lactose um, kind of cereal treatment on the sour ale you're going to call it a smoothie but whenever the tide turns and you're getting into fall like you said you're going to add those extracts that remind you of pie crust of croissant or of donut and then you're going to layer that with some other kind of fruit flavors, and those can be natural. But at some point, they're all going to pull together inside the bottle, inside the can, or maybe inside the conditioning tank before you get to that point. And then you're going to call it almost like a pastry type sour. And so that term that a couple of years ago, pastry was only relegated to stouts. Now we're starting to see people, they want pastry sours. 
And so it's the same kind of treatment. It's just a different base beer and it's all permissible. It's all very clever. It, 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 like we said, it's amazing what, what has happened with technology, how things have gone. And, and also back in the day, they, they had to make beers at certain times of the year because we didn't have all the cool things that we do now, such as storage tanks and ways to, to make sure beer can stay good all year round. And, and I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there's something to technology, you know, so, um, but yeah, it just gives, you know, brewers another tool to kind of work with to find out what customers really want this time of year. And are their palates trending a different direction? Is the seasons affecting that? Or is it just all palate driven? People want what people want. I, I think that last one might might be the the nail, uh, hitting the nail on the head. And and as you have said too, you will most likely go into these breweries and see stuff that you would see other times of the year because they want to make sure they have something for everyone. And that is really cool to see. And Kevin, it's really cool to have you. And I appreciate you sharing some more knowledge with us. Jonathan, thank you very much. It's been fun. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations for our conversation, he's a multi-talented Americana artist. He has a new album coming in February called Big Talk, and he's released a few singles to give you a taste of what to expect. Welcome in, Jared Dickinson. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, since I see that lovely bar behind you, I've just got a nice picture here, you know, in, in my, my living room area. Uh, I got to ask, what, what, what are you drinking tonight? Anything good? Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know if you can see that. I'm currently drinking uh, Michter's Straight Rye, which would be kind of my, one of my go-tos anyway. In, in terms of American whiskey, uh, I tend to be a rye guy over bourbon. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a Michter's night. I like it. I like it. See, both of us are rye guys because I'm uh, from from Castle and Key, a uh, little restoration rye, uh, nice. bat, batch three f- from uh, 2021. So, uh, two I like two rye it. guys. I like it. Now there you go. Gonna stick together. Now you meant you mentioned that that's kind of your go to. Do you have any others that you kind of go for, or are you a Scotch Irish whiskey guy? What 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 else do you dabble in? Uh, yes. <laughs> All the above. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I'm a big single malt guy. Um, love, you know, kind of the smokier side of things. So Lagavulin would be one of my favorites. Uh, you know, Laphroaig is always nice, like sipping on a campfire. Ardbeg is great. Um, a lot of Irish whiskeys too. In fact, uh, let's see if I can show you this. I don't know if you can see that. I can. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my yeah Killowen. it's one of my more recent uh discoveries on the irish side um kind of smaller distillery um and and i think relatively new in the grand scheme uh but they're making some really amazing stuff this is their six-year-old um small batch uh rum and raisin finished Ooh. Uh, which is absolutely stunning and yeah one of one of my one of my favorite discoveries of, of recent days. Um, <laughs> I'm a sucker yeah. for a rum cask finish. You, you put anything in a rum cask and it's hard to beat that. It's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. So now, now have you been able to go over to, you know, Scotland and, and Ireland and those places to check out anything? 
Yeah, well, I'm married to an Irish girl. Oh, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's required. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So we're we're over there pretty regularly, uh, and touring takes us all over the UK and all over Scotland. And uh, so yeah, I've been been to Scotland a bunch of times. Absolutely love it there. Um, and Ireland, of course, is incredible. Now, you know, when when you're touring and doing stuff like that with your shows, I, I notice you have a certain look. I, I feel like there's always the hat. You got the hat going. But as we're talking right now, there's no hat. So is there like a time and a place for it or how does that work for you? Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of changed a little over the years. I've always been a hat guy, um, you know, going back to when I was a kid. I, I loved all the pictures of my grandfather walking around in his fedora you know, back in the, in the late forties and through the fifties. Um, and you know, Sinatra and Humphrey Bogart are probably two of the coolest people ever to have walked the planet. So it's hard not to be into hats. Um, and yeah, it's been kind of a part of my thing for as long as I've had a thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I used to wear a hat every day, all the time, anywhere. Um, and, and still wear it a lot, although it's funny, uh, living in New York, uh, as I did for a good while, um, I worked in a hat store when I wasn't touring, um, so I was wearing hats all day, every day, selling hats to people, talking about hats, um, and then once we ended up moving back down to Nashville, uh, it seemed like everyone was wearing hats, and so it kind of... <laughs> Kind of, kind of. I'm not going to say put me off because I still love hats and I and I still wear them all the time. But just going around town, it was kind of like, well, I don't, don't want to look like all of you guys. You know, I'm, you got to you got to stand out, gonna, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's 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 kind of become at this point more of a stage thing um, for the most part. But uh, but I, I still have a great affinity for for good headwear. There is something about it, about a nice hat. And now, do you know any tricks to you know putting them on, or is it just straight straight on, good to go? Ah, uh, well, never straight. A little sideways. Sorry. No, but, I mean, Sinatra said, "Cock your hat, angles or attitudes," and, and I think those are words to live by. I like it. That's a that's a smart thing. Now, you mentioned you get to travel a little bit with with touring and so forth, and I know you've been doing a little bit. of bit of that lately any favorite spots that you've been able to, to visit and get back to yeah man after after two plus years of not doing it uh it's been great to to get back out on the road it's not quite like it was pre-pandemic but we're, we're getting there um as far as places i mean we we love to go everywhere and anywhere um but as far as kind of a new or recent place, uh, we went to Palm Springs for the first time back in September, um, which was very cool. Uh, everybody was very laid back and we love mid-century architecture and furniture and that sort of thing. And um, I mean, it's just everywhere in Palm Springs. So we were, we were like kids in a candy shop. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a very cool, cool experience. It was very recent. Well, and I was going to say, it doesn't sound like you're exactly like a straight tourist either when you're going these places. I feel like you like to do some some exploring and getting off the beaten path. Yeah, if we can. I mean, when you're touring, uh, or at least when we're touring the way that we do it, um, there's very little time to, to explore, sadly. Um, you know, it's kind of the old joke of you've been all around the world, but all you've seen is a venue in a hotel room. Um, and often that is the case, uh, when we're able to, we do try to, 
you know, find a good, good bar, good pub, good restaurant. Um, not necessarily in, in the, you know, very touristy part of town. Uh, <laughs> if, if you can avoid it, you know, uh, if you can, if you can find someone to tell you, oh, here's where you really want to go. Um, we'll try to do that. But, uh, but yeah, when you're on the road, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, time is, time is not always your friend. <laughs> I was going to say, you stay busy. Uh, you, you go from place to place. I was wondering if you ever did get to explore much, but it has to still be nice to be uh, having a pretty good travel partner and, and, and your wife, Claire. Yeah, absolutely. Not not many people get to do that um, with their spouse, and, and we're very lucky. And um, Yeah, we, we enjoy traveling. We both enjoy traveling, both enjoy being on the road. Uh, we love getting to do it together, so we're, we're pretty lucky. Well, and then you all have a song to, together. I mean, a literal duet. Um, I think back on your your last album, uh, "Your Heart Belongs to Me." How much did that mean to y'all, and, and how how much fun is it kind of being able to sing that together? Yeah, that's uh, it's it's definitely become a thing uh, over the last handful of years. Um, it's funny when I wrote that song, uh, we were still dating. Uh, we dated long distance for three and a half years. I was, and by, and I was gonna say, and by long distance, you actually mean like there was a sea in between y'all, right? <laughs> yeah, three three thousand miles in an ocean. You know, it's pretty 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 big distance. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we did that for three and a half years. Uh, been married for over seven years now. Um, but but when I wrote that, we were still dating, and um, we weren't performing together really at that point. Uh, in fact we dated for about a year before I even knew that she could sing. Um, it just happened one day where I think she was visiting New York uh, and I was probably sitting in the apartment playing on some song that I was working on. Uh, and just all of a sudden she started to sing a harmony to it. And I was like, where the hell has that been? You know, where have you been hiding that? Uh, and so I've been, you know, from that point, slowly was trying to convince her to get up on stage and, and sing with me, which she was reluctant to at first. Um, but but she's fallen in love with it. And uh, and that song, uh, when I wrote it, I always heard it as a duet in my head. Um, but we recorded it first for a, a little EP called Songs from Willow Street. Um, and she didn't want to sing it at that point. Uh, and, uh, and so on that version, which you can find if you look really hard, um, it's just me singing both parts and kind of singing a harmony on the verses that, that she would later sing. Um, but it didn't take long before she got up on stage and, and made the song what it is. Um, and it's definitely become a, a special thing for us. And, and uh, I think the crowds have reacted to it. We've had a lot of people who've um, incredibly wanted to use it as, you know, like a first dance song at their wedding or something like that, which is amazing, you know, and you never expect that kind of thing when you're writing a song but it's uh it's cool to see how they kind of take on a life of their own well and, and you've you've been able to get back to kind of making some new music after a, a tough stretch for you the, the last few years how, how nice is that to have that that feeling again yeah it's incredible to to finally be getting new music out there it's 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 been a been a journey um but uh, but yeah, to finally be sharing this music and, and to be able to now get out on the road and tour it, um, it's uh, it's incredible. It's it's an amazing thing to be getting back to it. I mean, were you ever worried that it was gonna not be able to happen again with just you know label issues, other things, and life issues, things like that? 
Um, there was never a point where I thought, you know, this, this may end, you know, I, I might stop doing this or maybe I'll do something different. Um, that was never, never a thought. Um, but we definitely, definitely kind of hit some roadblocks there for a few years, um, with a story old as time signed a record record deal that, uh, didn't turn out so great and had a long, uh, fight with that label to, to get the rights back to my last record, which we did do. Um, but you know, it, it created kind of a, a log jam and, um, and it meant that all the momentum we had built up to that point, uh, everything just came to a grinding halt and, uh, and it's hard to get momentum back, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey and it's been a struggle, but, um, but I think the new tunes on this record reflect that, uh, you know, I think there's a an air of defiance in these songs that um, wouldn't have been there if I didn't have a, a legal battle with an old record label. Um, you know, it's it's added a, another layer to to my writing, to my work, um, and just to to who I am and and who we are. Um, so yeah, I I don't I don't think doing anything else or um, or, or thinking like, oh, we may never get back to this. That was never a consideration, but um, but it took longer than we wanted to to get back to this point. Well, there's a silver lining everywhere, and you know, um, you know, when you're talking about impacts of things, you're from Waco down in Texas. What what impacted you know growing up and living there, and then obviously being able to move around a, a little bit in, in later life and and see some different places. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Waco. Um, when I lived there, it wasn't a terribly hip place to be. <laughs> um, you know, if you wanted to... Out in no man's land. Big, yeah, I mean, it kind of, you know, it wasn't wasn't like small town, middle of the nowhere kind of thing. You know, like we had two movie theaters, so we, we weren't a small town. Uh, but there wasn't a lot going on either. Um, so if you wanted to see a gig or anything kind of arts related, you either had to go down to Austin or you had to go up to Dallas. Um, and thankfully both were only an hour and a half away uh, in opposite directions. So it wasn't like we were uh, deprived of, of, of all of that, but, um, but growing up in Waco, it did mean that if you wanted to do that kind of thing, you had to leave, you know? Um, and that's what I did. I went to Austin, uh, went to school at UT, hung around, uh, kind of cut my teeth in the Austin music scene, um, which is a great uh, a great place to kind of figure out who you are as, as an artist and a writer, um, or at least it was then. Uh, you know, there's a, a million music venues, and um, and it's a very welcoming uh, place. Um, so it was it was a great place to kind of develop and, and figure things out, um, and then you kind of you know push yourself out of the nest and, and see where you can go from there. Well, and you know, what music did, did, were you growing up on that you loved to, to, to have on and then maybe even just influenced you and kind of as the artist you, you've become? Yeah. Well, I, I grew up with a, with an old hippie as dad, uh, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing. Um, so really for me, uh, growing up, my music was his music that he grew up with. Um, you know, I was always digging through his record collection. So I was listening to the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Simon and Garfunkel, Tom Petty, Jim Croce, Neil Young. Um, you know, that was my musical education. 
and and really what was on the radio in the 90s whenever i was growing up really i, I was aware of it because i i would hear it you know and wherever you are the mall or your friend's car um but it wasn't what i was into uh, you know i i was i was into the blues and i was into rock and roll and um so that was kind of my jumping off point um and then down the road i kind of got into some of the texas songwriters like guy clark uh towns and Zant, and then that kind of changed things all over again and then around that same time i got into people like tom waits which is you know, a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, a fairly varied um, musical education, I guess. Uh, but most of it is from my dad's generation. Well, and it, it seems to you know that, that that sound has come through a little bit in, in what you've been been working on. I, I feel like you got the new album, Big Talk, coming on February third. How excited are you to share that? Because I've gotten to listen to a little bit of it and. Uh, I, I must say I'm I'm a fan. I, I, I um, Home Again is a favorite that I've I've gotten to listen to, and there's some uh, some fun things on there. Thanks very much, uh, man. I'm I'm over the moon to to have it out there um, or or coming out. Um, we got to make that uh, here in Nashville um, with a bunch of friends. Um, one of my closest friends, a guy named J.P. Ruggieri. Uh, is playing guitar all over it, and he played on the last record, Ready the Horses. Um, he's a phenomenal singer-songwriter in his own right, uh, but a, just an outrageously good guitar player. Um, and uh, so it's always fun making music with him. We had uh, John O'Ricks of the Wood Brothers. Um, he's playing drums and keyboards on the record. Uh, Ted Pecchio is playing bass. He played with uh, Doyle Bramhall, Tedeschi Trucks, you know, a million others. <laughs> um, and that was kind of the core band. And then Claire, of course, singing harmonies on, on just about everything. Um, and then Home Again that, that you mentioned, um, I, I took a chance and asked if Oliver Wood and Jono would uh, sing with me on that tune, not really expecting them to say yes. And, and thankfully they both did, um, which is a real thrill to, to have their two voices on that tune and, and definitely made it a special thing. Well, and, and you went the, the self produced route with this. And, and like you said, you're able to get some, some really cool, cool friends and some great, great musicians, uh, to help out. I mean, why kind of go down, down that route, this go around? Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, I, I produced the last record too, um, ready the horses. Um, this one was, it was a little different though. Um, Ready the Horses was very much a live record. Um, we we had finished uh, doing a 21-date tour in the UK, and the day that that tour finished, uh, we drove down to Eastbourne, which is kind of southeast coast of England, um, and we all piled into the studio, and for about five days, we cut that record pretty much live, you know, added a few things, background vocals and that kind of thing, but... Um, for the most part, what you're hearing on the record is just what we play live in the room. Um, this one is still a, a live record at its core. You know, we're all playing and, and singing together. Um, but because of the pandemic, really, uh, when, when that hit in March of 2020, I all of a sudden had all this time on my hands. And uh, so I started kind of making demos of, of all of these tunes that I was considering for the next record. Um, 
and because I had time to sit down and, and really work on it rather than it being a very um, in the moment, um, you know, kind of off the cuff sort of thing, I found myself writing guitar hooks and, and different melodies that I wanted to incorporate with different instruments. And um, so it became, you know, not a, not a totally polished and thought out thing before we went into the studio. There was still plenty of room for improvisation, but uh, but there were a lot of things that I knew, okay, I want to do this on this song rather than let's get everybody together, play it live and let's see what we have at the end of it. Um, you know, there, there were certain things that I, I knew going in, okay, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, so it was, it was cool to, to do it in a different way and, and, you know, see it take shape and, um, yeah, I'm very, very pleased with the way it turned out. Well, and then, you know, the, the first track that, that you shared with everyone was Long Hard Look uh, w- with some, some great lines in there, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how, how that one came about and uh, what you were hoping for with it. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's some strange shit going on in the world. <laughs> I, no, what are you talking no, about? Definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that that was written, um, when was that written? Probably late 2019, I guess, uh, is when that song was written, which um, there was a different person in office at that point. Uh, news cycles were hard to stomach, uh, you know, the things that were happening uh, on an hourly basis and, and just the way people were uh, at each other's throats nonstop, you know, and, and there was no room for hearing anyone else's point of view. And, um, and a lot of kind of the darkest side of humanity was, was bubbling up to the top again, you know? Um, and I think people were, were feeling uh, emboldened to, to kind of let their darker nature out. And, uh, and that's, that's all that song's about is trying to say, Hey, don't, don't be a dick. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe think about treating people. Uh, you know, what's the golden rule? Treat treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, you know, it's as simple as that. But trying to find a uh, a humorous and uh, uh, a way to say that 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 uh, hopefully people would take to heart. Well, I mean the 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 line. You know, are are you picking up your brother? Or are you knocking him down? I mean, I think no matter when you listen to this song, that'll that'll always resonate with you. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Now, now the latest thing that that you've been able to drop is uh, "Prefer to Lose," and um, for those that have watched the video, they might notice the background it looks very similar. You, <laughs> you shot you it at the home bar. Yeah, what's what's he doing on the on the film set? Um, yeah, we we didn't really uh, make this known beforehand but we uh we decided to film that in our own little basement bar in our house um which we have painstakingly created um over the last year or so and uh yeah it's it's when when we when we moved into this house this room was kind of um no man's land you know it was the most useless room in the house um, it's a basement that you can kind of walk out into the backyard. So it's only partially below ground. Um, but this was sort of a useless space. And, uh, and one thing that, that Claire and I, um, 
have often said was, we can't find a bar in Nashville that we like. <laughs> and I know that's, that's going to that's gonna piss some people off. Um, but what we mean is we can't find, you know, a, a place that feels like an Irish pub or an English pub where there's not a giant TV on the wall and people are there just to, to chat and talk to each other. And it's, you know, vibey and, and, uh, and welcoming. Um, so we thought, might as well just make it. And, uh, and it's turned into one of our <laughs> favorite places to hang out. And so we, uh, we've been trying to find, you know, bar memorabilia and, um, and little family photos that we put up of our grandparents and, and uh, just things that, that we want to be surrounded by. And, uh, and yeah, it's turned into a pretty cool spot. And so we thought, well, why, don't we, why don't we film this video down here? And, uh, yeah, we're pretty, pretty pleased with how it turned out. Well, I, I love that. And I was going to ask if it was easy to get your wife on board with the bar, but it sounds like that she was right there with you. Like, let's do it. I mean, she's Irish, so <laughs> it, it'd be harder to, to get her out of the bar than to convince her to build a bar. That is fair. And, and, and you know, the service should be pretty good at this one and it's a short right. uh, drive home. <laughs> That's it. It is stumbling distance to our bed. Which is the perfect place for 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 a bar. Now, are you guys the ones that like to host when you when you're home and do stuff and invite friends over? To, or uh, I'm guessing that Irish hospitality has to come through. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we love having people over. Obviously, um, you know, through the pandemic, it's been a little tricky. Um, and and we only moved here about a year ago, um, so we haven't had that many people over at this point. But uh, but we're definitely looking forward to to having friends over and christening the bar with uh, with a lot of good nights well i was gonna say that's the the best way way to do it and it looks like you you've worked on the collection too for what you can show off behind you you know what what <laughs> what whiskeys you got and, and things like that yeah uh i mean this is a drop in the bucket <laughs> <laughs> this, this, that's just what we could fit on that back wall um but we've got some good stuff there's uh well there's the mictors that i'm drinking uh there's a willet Four-year rye. I don't know if you're a, a fan of Willet or not, but I think they're pretty good. Um, Yamazaki 12, which was a gift from a friend, which is uh, one of my favorites. Love a lot of the Japanese stuff, and that's that's definitely high up on the list. Um, love the the Nikka coffee malt and, and coffee grain too. Those are both really good. Um, bottle of Lagavulin there. Uh, there's a bottle of Blanton's, but to be honest. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like Blanton's is great, um, but I found that maybe a year or two ago, and it was kind of at the prices that you could get it at four or five years ago. And I thought, I'm just going to buy one of these because at some point, somebody's going to want to give me a lot of money for it on Facebook Marketplace, and I'm going to need that money. So anyone out there who is looking for a bottle of Blanton's and wants to give me a ridiculous sum of money for it, I got you covered. Uh what else do we have? Another Irish whiskey, Blue Spot. Do you know okay. that one? I, I don't know that um, one. They have you know Green Spot, Yellow Spot uh, are they're more common ones, but that was a gift from uh, from my brother-in-law, one of my brother-in-laws, um, and it's really really good. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's a cool one there, uh, Heaven's Door. Which I'm sure you're familiar with, Bob yes. Dylan's. Yeah. Um, so it, it took uh, me a second. A, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a 
collaboration that they did with Redbreast uh, huh. of Ireland. Um, and it's a really interesting and, and delicious whiskey. Um, I, I love the fact that you just, it's not just like one thing. You go everywhere because, you know, the Japanese yeah. do it slightly different. Scott, Scotch yeah. whiskey is completely different. I mean, Irish whiskey is different. What yeah. we make here is different. I, I love that your palate can go worldwide and that you also open the bottles and drink it. <laughs> Oh man, what what good are they if you don't crack them open? Exactly. Aside That's from what... blends, that one is just to to make me money at some point. <laughs> That is just uh, that's a uh, th- something to make it look good, and then uh, that's an investment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, well, that... yeah, they, they they're meant to be enjoyed for sure. Now you know what else is to be enjoyed is is just being able to listen to to good music and you know for for you and and what you've you've been able to accomplish over the years from your first album to you know Ready the Horses in 2020 to to Big Talk here in 2023 has your sound kind of changed over the year I know obviously the lyrics kind of have because you know I I think I read either on the press release announcing the new album how this uh kind gentle hearted guy kind of become a, a a come out punching but how has that sound and everything changed for you over the over the years yeah um you know i think it's i think it's only natural for for artists to evolve and and uh you know what they what they do to change um the earliest stuff was very very folksy um you know very very much like a traveling troubadour storytelling kind of thing um and i still do that um and i still love that but uh i don't see the point in making the same record twice you know um i I look at all of my heroes and they they all changed and evolved and and tried to push themselves and stretch and grow um from one album to the next you know you listen to a beatles record and you listen to the one that came after it and they're vastly different you know, um, you listen to a Tom Waits album or a, or a Paul Simon record or, or whoever, you know, they, they all um, they all keep pushing and all keep trying to get better at their craft. And, and you know, uh, and at the end of the day, it's about doing whatever is going to make you happy, too, you know, and, and doing the same old thing uh, for me, I would find pretty boring. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I. I, I I do think my sound has changed, um, and hopefully it will continue to do that. Um, what direction it will go next, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope I never stop growing and changing and evolving. I mean, that's part of the journey, and it's a fun part of the journey uh, to see see where 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 you end up being taken to next. And I feel like too for for you 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 kind of mentioned it a little bit. You know, when you were writing a lot of the songs on this one. Uh, you know, times were a little different. Um, what's that process like for you writing? Is it kind of just time and place and how you're feeling? Is it ideas, experiences? I mean, how, how does that all go for you? Yeah, I mean, it's all, all of the above. Um, you know, uh, every song is different. For me, it usually starts with, with an idea, um, whether it's a single line or or just something that I want to talk about or explore. Um, but how they come together is different every time. Um, you know, sometimes it's music first and then, and then lyrics come later. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes they're kind of all spill out at the same time. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't figured out the uh, you know I haven't cracked the code to <laughs> to figure out how to do it easily. Um, but I'm not sure I'd enjoy it if it was easy. Uh, so yeah, it's it's still exciting and mysterious and um, you know you just hope that the next one comes along. Well, I was going to say, I, I think everyone has always said, if you can figure out how to uh, bottle that up, uh, let us know. Cause it's, 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 it's not something that always comes easy. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like you can manufacture a hit, uh, perfectly every time. And, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, as you, as you kind of wrap up, you know, and get into this new year with the new album, what, what are you hoping for in 2023 besides that, that new album that gets to drop? Yeah, um, well, most excited about about getting the music out there, uh, but then touring. You know, we're we're eager to hit the road hard. Uh, like I said, after two plus years of not getting to do it and being sidelined, um, we're excited to to get out there and and live out of our suitcases again. Um, so that's it. That's what we want to do. We want to be as busy as we can be, go to as many places as we can, and uh, and see where it takes us from there. Well, it sounds like you got an exciting year ahead of you, folks. If if you get the chance, listen to everything that's come off of Big Talk, and also be prepared for when it comes because there's a lot, a lot of other uh, great things there. And you can find more on Jared at jareddickinson.com and find him on social media. And, and Jared, this was a blast, and thanks for sharing a drink with me. Man, thanks for having me. Cheers.